Oki Naganago, My name's Michelle. I use she and her pronouns. I'm really grateful to see everybody come today. Uh, we've had quite uh, an exciting last little while in Calgary, so I know some of our our regulars aren't here for a reason, and I'm really happy that they're doing exactly what they should be doing. Um, I have, uh, I'm kind of excited and kind of like, I think it's going to be venting for me talking about this report. So you know what, I'm on my husband's computer and I'm struggling trying to get the, here we go. Okay. So we're on, we're recording and let's get started. Uh, welcome everybody. I just wanted to do a check-in and see where people are at. We have this book. I, I guess it's a report, sorry, the nationalactionplan.ca, the final report. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to go around and ask people what their thoughts were before I go off. And uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that folks enjoyed it um, or at least have have thoughts to reflect on, that's for sure. And uh, I see Kathy is busy, so I don't know if Kathy wants to go first. Um, nope, that's okay. We'll come back and uh, maybe we'll go. Oh, let me have a look here. I'm struggling a bit because I don't have my normal computer for this. How about we go Kat, Marla, Shelley, our friend, and Wendy, and then I'll uh, I'll speak and then we'll go from there. And, and then Kathy, if Kathy's ready, so we'll go from there. So yeah, let, let's, let's give her. <laughs> Hi, everyone. You didn't want to do a land acknowledgement, Michelle? Yeah, I guess we can do a land acknowledgement. I acknowledge that we are completely stolen land. And I'm so mad at Canada right now for not understanding the whole concept of uh, the reason why we've done land acknowledgements for the last few years. I'm so angry that I can't even. I, okay. I'm I'm tired of it. I'm I'm stolen. We're on stolen land. This is a racist settler state. I don't know if there's a single person that I just don't want to punch in the face that don't doesn't understand this whole concept of of a settler state. I I, I can't even. So yeah, we're on stolen land. We're on Blackfoot territory. This has been uh, caretake by the Blackfoot for thousands and thousands of years since time memorial um and then just recently in 1877 treaty 7 was signed that uh you know everybody that was displaced and and such thanks to all of the war that was happening thanks to the new settlers the diseases we have um the sutina dene that signed we have the stony nakoda that signed and I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. And ever since we haven't had control, the water and land has gone completely out the window. We have climate change. And because racist settler will, will states cannot seem to wrap their freaking heads around it, we have climate change. So, yeah, let's do a land acknowledgement uh, because I'm mad as hell about the whole free Palestine issue. I'm so sorry to make you do that. <laughs> My apologies. Um, yeah, that's a whole other. No, color. it's not a whole other. It's exactly what we're talking about. And the yeah. fact is, is that people don't get it. And and so when I was reading this national action plan, I'm I'm mad as hell. Like, uh, you know, like the on page 54, they're talking about, you know, people having to learn about oppression dynamics. Like, we're not doing it. <laughs> we're not getting it. <laughs> so please go ahead, Kat. Yes. Um, yes. That was kind of my thoughts, too. Um, it's a really, it's, a, and it's important to have an, a national action plan. But that said, I didn't find there was any heart in this report until maybe the conclusion. There was like no emotion. There were no personal stories completely different from the MMIW report, which was so full of life. And it had photos, it had art, it had people's stories. And this is pretty dry to the bone. You have to kind of take sips of water when you're drinking it um, or when you're reading it. Um, I was a little disappointed to see that they didn't have enough time to do any meaningful consultation with the MMIW um, working group or the um, indigenous, the minister's indigenous women's circle. That really um, shows me that it, 
I know they said all the right things in the report. It's just sort of felt like lip service in a lot of places because they they didn't take the frickin' time to actually work with Indigenous women. Um, apparently, there were Indigenous women on in the working groups, but I checked through the list um, and didn't really find too many of them. I mean, yeah, it's great. Great. They have really great things that they want to do. Um, and I tried to find information on one year later what had been uh, achieved so far. Um, and that is just that the federal government has given money to four provinces and three territories. And I found this information not on the government's website, but on a website um, of an Ontario women's shelter called Luke's Place, which I can add to, uh, I can put that in the chat for sure. But um, they're talking about, yeah, this is great, but uh, the government um, has, they're asking for greater accountability and transparency um, for oversight, for an oversight role for um, violence against women experts, and they have not done that yet. So, um, yeah, I think that's all I had to say. <laughs> so far anyway I have more more um references I think you might as well give her like we, okay. we don't yeah okay, like right. yeah give her okay so I in my search for what this action plan was doing I actually found um the MMIW National Action Plan 2022 progress report um and I will put that uh, link in the chat as well and it is I mean, I didn't have um, a chance to read it fully, but it is, it shows there are some, there's some progress on, on things that MMIW, um, the MMIW action plan, but didn't really look like a ton of that either. So at least they put out a, a one year report where the national action plan did not even deign to say, hey, it's been a year and this is what happened. So. Okay, that's all I have to say. I think, is it me next? Okay. <laughs> I was trying to, I, I took some pictures of, of things while I was reading of text to remind myself because as Kat said, this was so dry. Uh, this was honestly a major struggle for me to get through. Um, and I didn't think I was going to. <laughs> uh it's just you know you kind of it's so dry you forget what you're reading even though it's you know it's still important and but um there were just things. so first of all I felt like it really was you could tell it was written from a settler perspective because um so many things were explained like we were idiots reading the report I mean I don't have this isn't my expertise by any means, but um, I don't know, just all the, you know, EGs and in brackets and explaining everything. I thought uh, this, this report is not intended for, you know, the general public. So anyway, I found that odd. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, the time, I think they said they had three months, right? April to June uh so what and then they said they had uh like 646 recommendations and all this stuff so so why would you not sit back and say gosh there's this amazing report that is already out there we should build on that that would be a much better use of our time than trying to create this uh unreadable but yeah it just blows my mind. And then some of the some of the things that they said too, just um and there yeah, there were a few indigenous people. Josie Nepanak is was in there, I saw. Uh, and I think maybe two others. That was it out of the whole the whole list that I remember seeing. <clears throat> but um, so there's one, um, and I'm sorry I don't have page numbers. This is my bad, the way I was taking photos, but one thing they talk about uh so <laughs> 
The relationship between that action plan and the plans to tackle violence against Indigenous women and girls remains an area of great potential for the next phase of planning and implementation. Hello? Uh, you know, and we were loath to, we're, our working groups were loath to preempt any findings led by Indigenous women that were con contributing to this future collaboration. Oh my goodness. Like that just sort of, they pretty much <laughs> talked about their ignorance uh, in a few points throughout the report, but that was that was one of them that stuck out for me. Um, <clears throat> and there was something about transformative justice, uh, saying that it was a new or it's in its, in, how did they word it? Shoot, now do you think I can find it? Um, but something that how it doesn't have history, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, I wish I, I know I, anyway, uh, that there's no history on it, basically. And uh, again, hello, which I'm interested when they, when there are, you know, those few Indigenous people that were part of these working groups, how were their voices just did they not show up to one meeting and that's the meeting that they I'm chose afraid to, to even ask from? Josie. Like seriously, I'm even afraid to ask her because this is such a fucking racist piece of shit document. Like it is so racist. It, the term stakeholder. Like I can't yeah. imagine how humiliating and demoralizing it must have been for Josie to go through this. I can't even. Yeah. But anyway, please continue. No, no, it's okay. I mean, the other, it, it was just, that's what I was trying to pull out was those reference where they basically, I mean, you know, in a indirect way, I suppose they admit how, you know, little they access the knowledge and the previous work done. It was um, pretty shocking given that that report is so comprehensive. The MMIWG report is so comprehensive. And um cat as you said again too the stories right that's really what helps illuminate what the issues are and and there's nothing in here to that which i suppose that's given the time but then but then they talk about you know how many hours of interviews they did and so they clearly set aside time for conversations but um not not ones that would have mattered or certainly not enough that would have mattered uh yeah, I th I think that's unfortunately that's sort of all I have to say at the, at, at this time. Um, until more of you have bring things up that I'm gonna remember. But um, yeah, I was curious what what Josie Nepanak thought of this. And oh, one thing I was wondering is is this a report that's feeding? Because I saw these things on LinkedIn about um Alberta doing a ten year action plan. So is that does anyone know, is that based on this report or is that a whole separate conversation that I'm yeah, just... I think that's a whole separate one. Like there are 113 okay. pathways to justice. They have a new premier's council since Daniel Smith became premier, but there's been no movement on it, but we have a new bill so that, you know, a ribbon skirt that she thinks is worth $40 won't be included in like, you know, gifts to uh, MLAs. Hey, so I, I, I just have no hope at all for these folks putting together anything of substance at all. Yeah. No, I hope fair. I'm wrong. God, I hope I'm wrong. Thanks, Michelle. I think that's it for me for now. I'll try and find a couple more points that I wanted to say. <laughs> Sounds good. I think Shelly, you're up. Kathy, did you want to go? Um, no, I'm good. I never got a chance to read it because I only have my cell phone and it is very irritating when you have to scroll every sentence back and forth. So I uh, gave up. Oh, I don't blame you. I actually, I was so annoyed with the stupid plan, but I'm, I actually went out of my way to change any of the reports in the 2024 list because I, I can't do this. After reading the MMIW National Inquiry Report, um, this was such a like worse than kindergarten like piece and and mm. for this to be our national action plan like if I was a part of the 2SLGBTQ community or a feminist group that's just like what racist settlerism I don't understand racism I would still be insulted by this report 
Yeah. I was actually really shocked that they included disabilities in it because usually a lot of reports don't do that, but they missed a huge piece that Indigenous people and people of color are also people with disabilities and that makes them more marginalized. I think they missed that piece. Um, I was shocked that they actually included it. Um, and I having trouble remembering what I read. I got to page 170 something, but it's so dry. And the thing about income support that they keep harping on, income support's not enough to live on. It's not enough to get an apartment. Like, where are you gonna go? You're still gonna be homeless or, or um, invisibly homeless, like couch surfing or whatnot, because income support isn't enough. Even if they relax the rules, they'd still have to raise the, um, raise the income support up so that it's actually, people can actually live off of it. And even age isn't hard to live off of, and that's even more than income support. Um, I, I found it incredibly, it was a frustrating report to read. They weren't consistent. They kept changing. It was either 2SL, GBT, sorry, 2SL, and then they switched it around and go LGBT, then 2S at the planet. In, in the back in the back like you need to be consistent in these kinds of reports and I found the inconsistencies that's that's all I have to say for now I need some more triggers to remember stuff <laughs> but yeah no I uh kind of feel the same way and I'm just glad I'm not the only person who thought this was just like such crapola um but I'm just gonna pause it for a moment the the recording Okay, thanks. Um, so I read, I think we were going to try to go halfway. I made it to ha the halfway mark. I think it's worth um, stating out loud that it's 400 pages long. Um, because I think that in, as a beginning, are you really hoping anyone will read it? Um, mm -hmm. and, and then we've already given some reasons as to how unreadable it felt. Um, so that that was definitely a lot of it for me. It was definitely a struggle. I would say probably I was skimming more than I was reading. Um, I did notice a lot of repetitiveness as well, because then I started to really question what I was looking at. Um, but I, as a white settler, I mean, I read lots of things that read like this. Mm -hmm. um, and so then did take quite a bit of time to reflect on that. Um, and so I'm hoping that the, you know, I think it's already been said that there were individuals who contributed to this, who they're, um, they are doing work that connects to many of the things in the report. Um, so I guess I just was left wondering, you know, how, do, how did they feel about the effectiveness of preparing a report like this, the time that they put in, the things that they, as, as we've already stated, that they acknowledged what they couldn't get to, you know, why did they continue on plowing through? Um, it, it makes me feel that they might not have had enough time as a working group to actually build a relationship as a working group and, and make decisions together. Um, because I think with these people in the room together, they could have come up with some different things than where, than where they landed. But I think, um, I also thought a little bit about the, the timing. So they talked a lot about, you know, this is 2021. I think we were in a different place uh, where people were feeling driven to action and seeing things they hadn't seen before and all those kinds of things. And, you know, just left myself wondering, you know, uh, 2023, we've not seen anything come more from this. Um, and, and definitely there's something about the time they were in that makes me think they were trying to do something all encompassing. They were trying to do too much. They were trying to solve all of the problems mm -hmm. and um, that, was very obvious it was not possible in this report. Um, the section that I found I got more out of than some of the other sections um, was in this section, you know, with the where they were kind of giving narrative uh, information that was discussed in the working groups. There were sections where they talked about what were the divergent views in contested areas. So I thought that that was worth providing um, I wish I had known more about that. Like that would have, to me, that was giving me some 
idea of what it was like in those working groups when they talked through these issues and then they had like different points that they were pointing out this is this is what why it would be good this is why it would cause harm like it would have been great to to go more there i think um yeah it was not as impactful and as productive and as useful as the mmiw report um so that was unfortunate that they just kept pointing out how much of a gap and an opportunity that was. Um, a couple other things in my reflection on this and just kind of the frustrations with where we are with uh, white settlers and, and how they see these issues. Um, there were a few places where they mentioned masculinity. I think there's some major issues around masculinity that don't get discussed enough. Like when when they are pointing out all of these things, you know, we've We've talked about this from a perspective of people thinking about this a lot. I think um, they were trying to write with a, uh, my my take was that they were trying to write with a lens that maybe people hadn't thought about these issues very much. Um, but then uh, the issue of masculinity, like you can't come at it with like, here's all the things you're doing wrong. So uptake this and and do better. Like, I, I think there's a lot there with the masculinity piece. I recently listened to, um, there's like a three-part uh, ideas through CBC does a, a podcast, the ideas podcast. They had a three-part series on masculinity that I had recently listened to. So I, I was getting more value out of like reflecting on that thing that I had been thinking about um, <laughs> than, than the like couple of bullet points where they mentioned this, because I do think this is a big barrier to why we're not seeing momentum mm. um, on a lot of these issues. And so it wasn't that the report did a great job discussing it. I just, because it was mentioned, wanted to mention it here as well. Um, and then the other thing is just with all of these reports, I do find I am, uh, like you mentioned at the beginning, Michelle, you know, 12 books a year isn't enough. There's many books that I read alongside the things that uh, we're reading. Um, so I I do think that as White Settler, reflecting on a White Settler's report, um, the one that I, I'm finding valuable right now is the Me and White Supremacy. Um, and, and that's just a really good uh, personal um, look uh, for a white person to read. So anyway, this report drove me to all of those resources um, to think <laughs> about these issues because this is not solving the issues. But um, yeah, it it was definitely eye-opening and, and worthwhile for, for sparking reflection. Thanks. Oh, Am I ever happy to hear you all talk about it? Um, Kat, obviously, you know, really encapsulating why the inquiry was such a better uh, report. Shelley, one of the biggest reasons why I love that you come here is to give us that intersectionality of diversity um, when it comes to disability, because, you know, I, I'm trying to unpack ableism, but obviously struggling quite a bit. And I thought I saw enough, but not like I thought it was racist. So I was kind of mad at it the whole time, <laughs> um, even starting with the, the term stakeholder. You know, um, that bothers me that in 2023, you know, we're we're still using that terminology, kind of like piggybacking on what you were saying, Wendy, that you, you know, that time, that era was like, you know, we're all full, filled with hope and vigor, and we're going to do better when it comes to intersectional issues, and yet this fails miserably. Um, I just made a few notes that I, I wanted to kind of point out um, on page 47, they have this piece that says engage with school systems from, uh, you know, all the way to post-secondary as well as teacher colleges to teach and enable the teaching of and improving school policies around healthy relationships, consent, uh, coercion, accountability, gender equity, and um, body autonomy and power. And I, I just, I had taken a screenshot and I put it out on my Twitter, hoping one, it would encourage people to be a part of the book club. But um, also, like I said, with all the anti-trans, anti-SOGI, one, two, three rhetoric and conservatives mocking so-called woke culture, I just wonder if we'll ever get there. And like, this is a screenshot of it because um, right now, and, and just, this is a total side note, kind of back to what Wendy's saying, just by chance, uh, being kind of more involved in other components of this because this report's ridiculous. I like, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed 
I'm embarrassed because I was part of the government that did this at the time of it. So anyway, um, from my point of view, just kind of reading through all of this and, and, and knowing what's happening on the ground right now, it's Trans Visibility Week starting today. And trans people are literally fighting everywhere right now. Um, uh, the UCP uh, conservative convention just happened. All the elections happened. The Take Back Alberta is in complete control of the UCP at this point. Um, these are people who are anti-trans, you know, anti-body autonomy, anti-gender equity, against a woke agenda, against the teachers teaching any of this so like we legitimately have a provincial government that will fight tooth and nail this action plan even if even if they cared they don't care we know that but if they did this this is everything that they are against um i got i'm on kirk cameron's email list so for folks who don't know who Kirk Cameron was, he was the cute little heartthrob that was on my bedroom wall when I was a teenager, but now is this like woke evangelical Christian that is doing everything in his power to stop so-called woke agenda. And now he's him and his crew have uh, capitalized on creating a new scholastics because they think scholastics is too woke. So I would imagine the UCP and the Take Back Alberta, when they see that, you know, Scholastic actually has a tiny bit of diversity. Because like, I remember when Sam first got her uh, book fairs and there would be like a Indigenous book that wasn't racist. You know, I was like, hey, there's a win. Finally, Scholastics is moving forward. And uh, locally, Loa Beebe, one of uh, the Blackfoot leaders of this area, she was actually a part of Scholastics uh, Canada to try to make it more Indigenous inclusive. And now there's active campaigns against Scholastics, right? Like the book bans in the States are ridiculous. And on a brighter note, Pink said that she would um, give away free books that are banned at any of her concerts. So I guess that's positive, but I mean, in a Canada, that's a $400 ticket. So those will be expensive books anyway. <laughs> I'm just, just being a jerk. Okay. Um, some of the other notes I've made. Um, <laughs> Shelly, uh, an easy accessible network to allow individuals from many backgrounds to connect and share knowledge and resources, which will further prevention education in many different ways. For example, perhaps a group of individuals in a school in Alberta develops an educational program about healthy sexuality that is helpful for their students. This could then be shared as a program via this network, enabling other schools in provinces and territories to implement the program and make adjustments as needed for their populations. The diversity within the network would also help to ensure the resources from being shared are useful and effective, especially youth from all backgrounds, just not those specific identities. And I was like, like we as Albertans have to actually do that anyway to get around our stupid politicians that are actively going against us having any type of healthy sexuality and sexual relationships, <laughs> excuse me, healthy relationships in general, right? Like that they've just gone down the hate road so it's like, this is literally what we all are doing as activists and mothers anyway. And now we're getting like targeted by the police. Um, you know, when I think of Adora or, or, or Taylor trying to do this like education from diverse backgrounds, it's like, no, like literally, you know, they wrote this two years ago and the cops are going after them for having the audacity to try to educate about black um, identities. Uh, I, I I mean, it to me, this is just such a joke. And then um, the anti-black racism is a root cause of gender-based violence. Uh, anti-black racism is a root cause of gender-based violence in Canada. All recommendations must be implemented with this in mind. In particular, public awareness campaigns that ensure that the public is informed about the origins of anti-black racism in relation to gender-based violence and how to address these issues. Provide funding to black uh, community-based organizations and businesses to ensure equity for black people in Canada. Economically, uh, lack of access to resource, uh, routine structural violence, i.e. police violence, 
are factors that contribute to gender-based violence. Resourcing and supporting Black communities will help prevent further harm. And then it goes on about relocation of a portion of police funding budget in the province to distribute to public housing, education, community centers, you know, all of the work Adora and Taylor are doing. So actually, I took a screenshot of that and said, God, this is painful. Stop the stack YYC doing this work and being targeted by law. I can't. They literally need Adora and Taylor doing this education and the police are going after them. So that was the impetus on, on um, February's book club to have um, disarm, dis defund and dismantle because like clearly like we know we care about gender-based violence obviously in this book club but society sure doesn't <laughs> like calgary police is showing the opposite by what they're doing to adora and taylor so this is about police um uh, abolition in canada i'm pretty sure you may have read it already some of you but i have been meaning to read it and i haven't so i'm going to read it um as a part of our february book club and you know we'll see from there so yeah, I just found this really painful. And then because of the Palestinian one, I just was so angry. I said over a month into the genocide of Gaza, where this is happening, and our colonial institutions are literally going after the citizens for doing this work. And this was established, developed, transformational youth action prevention strategies that engage youth in critical analysis of socio-historical uh, power analysis, examination of policies, laws, organizations, and cultural practices that affect the lives and perpetuate gender-based violence, develop anti-oppression workshops that engage students and facilitators in critical analysis of power, dominance, and oppression, and it goes on. Clearly, we are not doing that. We don't understand it. We're not you know, when when um, I think of the charges that the Calgary police just put against Wesson for trying to educate people on what is happening in Palestine, you know, the historical context of certain groups, they charge him. So this national action plan, that is a piece of crap, by the way. Like we're not implementing it in any meaningful way. Our police system is going in one ear or out the other. They are not caring about this in any capacity. So I just found this incredibly frustrating reading and I, I know I still have the second half to do. Um, you know, we broke it in half for Rosemary. And Rosemary said that uh, she was unable to attend today, but she'll also be unable to attend in December. So I just want to throw some prayers for her. She has a minor surgery, but as you all know, minor surgeries are still surgeries. And just because they say it's minor, we all know it's not minor. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, and I was, I, I wanted to ask everybody here, do you want to read the second part of this? No, no. I was going to suggest that we just go back to your original um, plan. Um, when Joyce it, Green. Exactly. Yeah. 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 How, how do you all feel about um, reading um, that book by edited by Joyce Green? Is that going to work or do you want to finish this? I don't want to finish this. I don't want, I don't want <laughs> Let's not finish it. I mean, if yeah. you all do finish it, by all means, we'll talk about it next um, week as well, or next month, because that's what we, we decided, I don't know, a month or two ago. But by all means, if you want to read another book that maybe inspires you, please, we'll talk about that book here today or next next month as well. I haven't ordered the that book yet, but I'm going to because it's on my list of things I wanted to do throughout the year and never got done. So I, I'd like to do that anyway. And um, oh, and another thing I skimmed through because I, I was going through our, our, our list of things that I wanted to read. And one of the ones that I really liked, but, you know, I, I'm like, do we want to read another stupid report? And it's not that many pages, actually. Um, and it's a, a National Indigenous Economic Strategy for Canada 2022. And I thought, you know, maybe that's something that would be of interest to you. And the other one that I was reading was, uh, it was actually the AFN. And they were 
they had a report that came out about the sexual harassment and it's only like less than 80 pages. And I, I skimmed through it and I thought it was absolutely wonderful. Um, oh, here it is. The national, oh no, it's not. Damn it. I have it on a, on a word document here after, um, to, to do. So it's AFN resolution 13 panel final report. And there's three authors on it. And it, I just really enjoyed it because um, for me, it was important to kind of read what the outcome of doing that investigation into sexual harassment, nepotism in the AFN, what, what that looked like. So I thought that was really important. I wanted to make it one of our months that we discussed it, but it was like, I don't know, do we want to read that or do we want to read Disarm and Defund? Do we want to read that or do we want to read... Um, you know, Wob Rice's new book, like, and, and so it's just like, ah, this national action plan just was like, whatever, I'm just gonna start reading my reports kind of aside and just tell you all about it as we go. I think that's more, more important. Go ahead, Kat. I'd be willing to read one of those reports for the next month's um, book club. Well, I think we should still go with Making Space for Indigenous oh. Feminism by Joyce Green, because, um, yeah, I, think that was a really great suggestion I think it was Rosemary that um said it maybe two years ago we never got around to it till now and um you know she um, emailed me doing things the right way by Joan Ryan and it's uh I, I actually have this book it, it's been on my shelf of things I'd like to read and she really liked it because it's like restorative justice so I'm like yeah let's totally read it and, and it's Denny and I like to do a, a few more of my books instead of just Blackfoot books, but it is important to do lots of Blackfoot books for the um, reason of um, we're on their land. Um, this lessons in legitimacy, like this is an academic read and it's January's book club too. So for a lot of folks, if you want to get started on it, just because I find academia sometimes hard to read um, or really like, I don't, it's a, it's a pretty thick book. Um, so it's over 300 pages, but like most academic books, it's just the last hundred pages are sourced. Actually, it might even be more Jesus Christ, 219. Yeah. So 219 to 300 is just like resources and, and footnotes. So it's really 218 pages really. So just a lot of good notes and references to it. So anyway um and i i believe sean is going to join us on in january so i just want to throw that out there in case you need to order this book still because it's um yeah i, I think this is just me not knowing this is totally hearsay but i'm pretty sure he's married to a woman that is based in bc like an indigenous woman and that's why he focused on just BC's Indian residential schools. But of course, he talks about denialism a bit in, in here as well. So I think it's really important for us to read, especially with the gaslighting and denialism we're seeing with the issue on Palestine too. So uh, I'll throw that out there. So yeah, I got to order Making Space for Indigenous Feminism, edited by Joyce Green. I swore I bought it, but I've been looking all over the house. I cannot find it. So I think I have to either buy it again or I didn't buy it. I don't think I bought it. So that's where we're at. So yeah, if you want to finish this national action plan, I think I'm going to. It's actually, if I wasn't so angry about the Palestine thing, I think I would just read through it and go, this is stupid. So I'd like to just finish it to see if there's anything of substance in it. So I might try to do that, but I'm going to focus on the Making Space for Indigenous Feminism edited by Joyce Green first, because I do need inspiration too. I really loved Lee Miracle's books for that reason. She would, you know, Hope Matters. I really loved that book a lot more than I thought I ever would. And I miss her a lot. And I never did finish, I think, her last two novels. And I've already done the 2024 list. I don't think I'll be able to fit them in anyway. So I'll have to just pick them up as I go. Um, so Lind Dr. Linda Manyguns, she's kind of, I think, an expert on everything. Um, she had said, a country so interesting is a good one. And Hudson's Bay book, 11 maps, all North America, the Lewis and Clark exhibition, 
I didn't research into that. I was like, ah, oh, maybe that's what I'll do. So I'm already now working on a 2025 list. <laughs> I wanted to do the supp supplementary report on genocide for the MMIW um, because I haven't read it. And I know some of you have. And I, I think it's really important with everything we're talking about with genocide with uh, Palestine. So I think that's just something I'm going to read on the side anyway. I told you guys about the National Indigenous Economic Strategy. I wish I had more time to read all of these or make like two a month, but that's hard. Reflections on allyship in December. I'm really looking forward to that book. So Code Talker is an American book. There is a Canadian equivalency, but I actually own Code Talker. My dad gave it to me for Christmas one year and I haven't read it yet. So I decided to make that November because November 11th, I thought it was important. Um, and at the end of the day, Canada did the same thing. So hopefully one day I'll get a Canadian type version of it. But an American US one is not, I'm not going to split hairs on that. Unbroken by Angelus uh, Sherritt. Or sorry, I skipped here. October, we're going to do Moon of the Turning Leaves by Wab Rice. Um, Unbroken by Angela uh, Sherritt. Um, I've, I've been wanting to read that book. So Killing the Widigo, Indigenous culture-based approaches to waking up, taking action, and doing the work of healing by Suzanne Mithat, a Canadian indie book publisher. It looked really good. It looks something more directed towards youth. So I thought I'd read it to see, you know, if we got inspired by it at all. Truth-Telling by Michelle Good will be July. Uh, Two-Spirit, Stories, Sex, and Ceremony Behind It All by Alicia Two Bears. I'm going to ask her if she'll come in June and, and do that. Uh, doing Things the Right Way, Dene Traditional Justice. Uh, that'll be May. And then April 8th. So I don't remember if I bought this book. I, I don't remember. It's still in its plastic. So it's called Indigenous Women and Street Gangs. Uh, narratives, Indigenous Women. Uh, Amber, Bev, Chantel, Jasmine, Faith, Georgina, Henry, and Robert. So... It swears a lot more than Michelle does, <laughs> which is a lot, as you all know. I thought that would be a good one, though. And then I haven't ordered this book yet, but it, it's on my to-do. Canada as a settler colony on the question of Palestine explores Canada-Palestine relations through a settler colonial lens and reflects on migration, orientism, and critical race theory. And that's by U Alberta. So I thought that'd be a good one. Uh, Disarm, Defund, Dismantle in February, Lessons in Legitimacy by Sean Carlton. So I figured that was that would be a good 2024 list. I have some of these books, which makes it a lot easier. I still got to buy a few of them, though. So, yeah. So that's the plan, folks. Anybody want to talk? Yeah, go ahead, Shell. I just tried to buy Making Space for Indigenous Feminism. I can't get it on um physical but i think i can get it on kindle i'm having trouble finding it yeah it was a book that somebody recommended i want to say it was rosemary even a couple of yeah. years ago um okay well i haven't ordered it yet and i have this other book that i i was i'm on and on about so I didn't know that Wab Rice had actually wrote this book called Midnight Sweat Lodge. And when I met him, he actually said that it's really hard to come by. And it was just because we were at this uh, book release for his other one that we're going to read, Moon of the Turning Leaves, that I even knew this book existed. So I, I was going to add this one, but then I thought, well, if it's already hard to come by, I just don't know if we should include it. So, yeah. Okay. Don't feel bad about not reading that book in December then. And if other people can't get to it, totally understand. And maybe I wonder if we should, I don't know. I, I don't have that book yet. I don't know. To, read something you want to read and, and tell me what you think is amazing. And I, I have another book here that I wanted to read. Um, this book came out that I thought you guys might be interested in that didn't make the cut. Um, these are the... This just came out. It's by 
a lot of many guns does the forward. I want to say it was you say that gifted it to Sam. This was like published here in Calgary. And it's just cute little stories. We dedicate this book to the memory of our children that didn't make it home. Um, and please continue to stand beside us in our goals of reconciliation. Yeah, so it's um hello, it's a it's a good day today by Alana Many Guns, where the Blackfoot live by Payne Many Guns, uh, Creator and the Seven Animals by Crystal Many Fingers, Love by Sheena Potts, um, My Braids, Latasha Caffrobe. And I've seen that book in um the library. It's just a cute little story for kids that uh, her son did to kind of you know, honor his braids. It's adorable. Uh, Nappy and the Dogs by Tim Fox, teaching from our elders, from Marlene Yellowhorn, Morning Stars Family from uh, Derek Starlight. And yeah, it's just a, it's a cute book that translates children's stories. And it has a lot of like, um, you know, cute drawings with it, illustrated by Alex uh, Soup. Um, you know, so it, it looks like a children's book and it's adorable. So I just wanted to let people know that didn't make the cut, but I wanted to include it. Another book that I really want to read is my book that maybe I will. Um, Diamond Rogue Diamonds, A Rush for Northern Riches on Dene Land. This is a book that I it's on my to-do read book. Mm -hmm. So I might try to get that one done real quick. Um, so yeah, if you have a book that you really want to read um like so for example this midnight sweat lodge like i would lend it to you kathy in a second and if you wanted to read it it's like it's really little it's a little tiny book and it's less than 100 pages it's 96 pages so like i could like lend this to anybody who would want it um to read it as well so that that's kind of what happened I want to read more books. I have tons of other books to read. So maybe if you just want to pick a book other than the stupid national action plan that inspires you, don't hesitate. <laughs> and then you can tell us how, what your December pick was because I, yeah, I'm going to probably read, I'm going to hope to get three done and, and give you all like recommendations. So anyway, yeah. Any feedback? Go ahead, Kathy. Um, there's a book by... um. Buffalo is the New Buffalo by Chelsea Vowell and I read it recently and it's awesome book um, so I will probably talk about that and I think you should read it because there's some really sci-fi type stuff that happens in it it's just like really cool it's really cool book so I really enjoyed it right on well I love that well, thanks, folks. Thanks for coming for Book Club. And I'm sorry this uh, selection was so crapola, but that's the Canadian government's fault. So, <laughs> But I thought it was important that we analyze it through the lens of people who have actually invested the time to read the National Inquiry. The National Inquiry is a far more superior report. I know they weren't happy with it. Even the authors of it, they wanted to put more time and effort into it. Um, but you know, it compared to this, like, this is a joke. It's not even worthy of a kindergarten. I don't know. I don't understand how this came to be professionally done anyway. So yeah, thanks folks for coming. I think I just, oh, are we all signing off? Oh no. Not if you don't want to, by all means. I, would, I just, I just don't think comment. anybody's really kind of saying anything. So I'm like, okay, we'll just go through the next book clubs. I, I just have one last comment because when thinking about how fast they had to do that report, uh, you know, whoever it is that gave them the amount of time that they had, and then thinking about the time that was taken for the MMIWG report and conversations I've been having lately about this there's, you know, just the pace of nonprofit work and, you know, the Western way of doing things versus the pace of building relationships, making relatives and the Indigenous way of doing things like there is just feels like this endless tension. And, you know, we like this is a perfect example of not learning about the value of taking the time um 
and what can come from that, right? Such a better report, so many more memorable pieces in the report. Uh, even if you had zero knowledge, you would walk away remembering something from, from that report versus the National Action Plan just because uh, like a month from now, I'll forget what was, you know, what, what did it say? I'll, I'll forget it all. But uh, there are pieces of the, the MMIWG report that will stick with me forever, probably. Um, and there's value in that. Yeah. Never mind the actual work that should be coming from it. Well, but uh, it's at just... The end of at the yeah, end of the sorry. day, this plan is supposed to be for all institutions. Have you guys heard yeah. of a single institution talking about this national plan at all? And they keep talking about um, building affordable housing, but they, they don't talk about women that are escaping abuse, which is what it, they need affordable housing. And because that's been on the news a lot lately with all the market whatever but it's been on the news but they haven't said anything about building more affordable housing for people with disabilities or people with that are fleeing abuse i actually had a friend tell me over the weekend that our a mutual that we know is seriously considering made because of like money not because and 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 i can't wrap my head around that i can't wrap around the concept that we've created an economic system that's so oppressive that people would rather do made than live it. And that, you know, I, I have this anti-capitalist um, signs and I'm, I'm going to print them off and put them up in every bathroom uh, for people to read because it's like you are so much more than money. But this world doesn't make you feel like you are more than money, right? Like you are you are valuable just existing. And that's not the way our world uh, from an economic lens works. And people have put so much value into their economic um, being as be as the only thing that matters. And that's not okay. It, we've, we've screwed up as a society that morals don't matter anymore. So anyway, I don't know. It's depressing that you would stay in a crappy relationship. Go ahead, Kat. Sorry. No, I didn't mean to interrupt you sorry go ahead not at all you're not I'm rambling I'm like trying to make the time go by because this action was so or this action plan was so bad yeah. <laughs> well like uh Shelley said I mean it is shocking too that how quickly they they did this report and they talked a lot about COVID too which doesn't seem to I mean maybe at the time it was a valid it was what was happening at the time but if you're looking long term, you know it's a ten year plan. Uh, anyway, I I thought that COVID stuff was okay. Whatever. Um, I I'm rambling too. I just wanted to mention that this Sunday is the um, uh, Trans Day of Remembrance. There will be events happening, I believe, at Community Wise. Um, so if you are able to go, uh, one thirty, um it's on Facebook. You can, you can check the details about that. And then I believe the, the Palestinian rally is at three. So you can head right on over after the trans day and, uh, and yeah. uh, your support there. I don't know, man. We'll see the, did you guys see what the cops tweeted out? Okay. So this is for real. I can tell they were upset that the Palestinian march had like 3000 people and they kind of went in different directions. There was like three different groups that went. And uh, so I would highly suspect that they're probably looking at the justice for Palestinian organization and being like, are we going to charge them for disruption of the peace and then charge them with hate crimes for um, the chants that were used. Right. Because one of our city councilors, um, he tweeted out, you know, from the land to the sea and a, a chant video of this one person who was saying it as hate speech. So I, I suspect that the city is trying really hard to shut down all of these Palestinian marches. So I don't know. I, I don't know if next Sunday is going to happen. 
but we'll see. And I hope that our organizers don't get in too much trouble because I organized a few indigenous people. I hope I don't get in trouble. <laughs> I, so. I good trouble. See, oh, sorry, go, ahead. go ahead, Kat. I was just going to say it's good trouble. Well, we're talking about oppression dynamics in the national uh, action plan and clearly the city councillors have not read it clearly the police have maybe that should be our like look guys this is an inferior action but it's like even you can read it <laughs> an asshole <laughs> the one thing in the report that i did like was that they did say that covid showed ableism more and people because people don't even understand what ableism is they right. just like if you try to talk about ableism they're just like what are you talking about like it's it's happening all around like there's a it's happening all the time and they're tr like with um abortion with like the, like a woman has a right to choose like i'm not saying that i'm just saying that they're selectively aborting people children with disabilities and I don't know where to stand on that because I have the right to exist. And so does my sister. So I don't know where to stand on that part. It's it's so awful that it's just, oh, sorry, I shouldn't have brought that up. I'm sorry. I think that's le legitimate because we're talking about a national action plan against uh, violence, gender-based violence. And we know that women, uh, girls are disproportionately aborted, one. And we do know that in Canada, we abort children that may have an issue. Uh, I think of kids with Downs. Um, you know, that is not a conversation I've even had with my daughter. We're like, Jesus, I was talking about, you know, sexual healthy, uh, sexual, um, healthy sexuality, body autonomy. And at the end of the day, we're, we're not having that conversation with our teenage kids and saying, hey, so if you knew that you, the baby you were carrying had Down syndrome, would you um, abort it? You know, because these yeah. are ethical questions we should be asking our kids to be thinking about as they have children. Uh, I know we don't talk about miscarriage uh, in general. And the procedures mm -hmm. that happen, is it's the same ones that they do for abortion. And it's really traumatizing for some people who are completely unexpecting it. And now in a health system that's collapsing, you know, a lot of women are expected to abort at home um, or miscarry at home, I should say, you know, like, so, so our world is completely wild. And if it wasn't for organizations, like uh, um, I think of my friend who talks about pregnancy loss, she has the slogan, hashtag, we will rise, um, you know, and, and they talk about pregnancy loss and how hard that is. Like, I, I think it's all interconnected. And I think we should have a real conversation about rights of disability based off of, um, you know, uh, uh, in utero scan. And I don't think you're off topic be... at all. Yeah, because they could be wrong too. And that has happened a lot. That's a lot of the uh, pro-life. Like, I, I'm not pro-life in the, the way that their campaigns are, but like, that's a legitimate point, is that a lot of doctors will say to um, somebody that, you know, we're 80% sure this child has Downs and their values and belief systems don't allow them to abort. And then the kid comes out perfectly healthy. And of course, you know, religious organizations use those as uh, proof that doctors are idiots. And um, I'm not saying that by any stretch, but I am saying that, you know, there's a real conversation that why can't you raise a child with Downs? Why can't you raise a child that has, um, you know, health issues in any capacity? Uh, if we did that, like Indigenous women are sterilized without consent all the time, you know, and told to abort our children all the time. Um, you know, these are real issues. We don't really have any forum whatsoever to have those conversations unless they're based in some religious theology, like pedagogy that I don't, I just don't think that helps people who don't have those belief systems right so i don't think you're wrong and i think that there needs to be a conversation about that um anyway i don't think you're off topic thank you yeah any other thoughts 
points anybody wants to make today? Do you like a new book list for 2024? Is that something that you might be excited about? Awesome. There's lots I haven't read, which makes me always excited. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Yeah. I I Go ahead. Oh, I just said I can't wait to read all the books on the list, actually. Some yeah. of them I've heard of and others I have and wanted to read. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was wondering this doing things the right way. I know that Mary, uh, Rosemary, she suggested it and I was like, yes, absolutely. And I happen to have a copy of it and, you know, I would be willing to lend it to uh, people who don't have a copy of it so that that way we can like not have to all spend millions of dollars in order to make it all work. I haven't bought the two spirit um, by Alicia um, two bears yet. I've been meaning to. I seen her this weekend. I should have talked to her about it. So anyway, I'll try to get, um, I'll try to start talking to some of the authors and seeing if they want to be a part of our book club in any way. And um, yeah, I think these are going to be really good books. I'm really excited just, to read them. Go ahead. I just realized, um, I was like, why does Alicia Two Bears, why is that ringing a bell? But I was at, um, there was a Connect event and she spoke about, um, the healthcare system. <laughs> I mean, there are so many things you get to say about the healthcare system, but from <clears throat> perspective of, of giving birth and, um, you know, what should be sort of minimum care <laughs> for Indigenous people if they were to use an institution to give birth. And yeah. um, she, she was awesome. Yeah. She didn't mince any words. I really, I, I, yeah, she was fantastic and made people uncomfortable but you know what because of her the way she um spoke and was you know really forthright it allowed indigenous people in the audience to feel comfortable to speak up and and that was i think the best part of it all yeah and that's way it yeah, should be so now now i'm super excited i'm going to read something by her that's great yeah no i'm really excited about it too because uh like, uh, so she's my sweat sister. We One of our elders, uh, she actually passed away from cancer. She was a published author as well. Um, anyway, I'm trying to heal from the trauma of giving birth to Sam and having that, you know, systemic racism was really hard for me. So anyway, the best part about connecting with Alicia was realizing like, yeah, we got midwifery funded. Now what? that doesn't mean that I will ever have a chance to have my own child uh in our ways or anything or with indigenous support or anything but now that road is open that other people can and she's really doing that great work out there so I'm really really happy and then you know learning that trans people have babies and trying to have more gender neutral terminology because like every little piece of motherhood stuff that I still have from when I was excited to have Sam to after is all based off of mummy daddy like not um gender neutral concepts at all so for me like it's, it'd be huge deprogramming which is relevant to talk about on trans awareness week um you know trying to make sure that we give uh trans who are birthing proper terminology and uh and respecting their body autonomy but that's taking this conversation to a whole new level that clearly we will never have as our society uh is clearly showing they're going backwards instead of forwards but you know for us I think it's important especially raising kids and being around youth and making sure we we try to teach the next generations in a good way regardless of the stupid settler society and their colonial education system so you know the best we can do Anyway, yeah. Any other thoughts? All right, folks, thank you for joining our book club. And I hope next month is way more exciting that you just get to pick a book that you sitting on your on your shelf that you've been wanting to read. Tell us all about it. And I can't wait to do the same. And I might try to finish the stupid action plan to see if there was anything worthy of it. But um you know, it, it's important to me. I I've been talking to some of the friends nationally about it and saying this is awful and encouraging them to read the National Inquiry because it's far more um, 
like it has just but so much more content and and nuance and uh, I can't remember who I think it was Shelley had mentioned that like they couldn't even get their um acronyms right consistently throughout the entire action plan like like things like that matter right so they couldn't even get like nothing about us without us correct it's nothing about me without me like that like that's not even the whole sentence is nothing about us without us because it means we need to be at the table because if we're not at the table we're on the menu so it's just like oh sorry I had to say that <laughs> glad you did because it it matters I don't know I wish we had more positive things to say about this but I just can't can't bring it out <laughs> considering the state of our world right now and uh, like I don't know if you realize but they're on like some ridiculous on Twitter so some of our our trans advocates actually called out Pierre Polvier for his anti-trans rhetoric that he's put out there and it's trans awareness week and one of the major leaders who's actually polling the highest is anti-trans and his wife is anti-trans there's this reporter her name is uh R rachel gilmore and one she's beautiful but two she's brilliant and she called out um anna polvier uh pierre polvier's wife for following a bunch of anti-trans leaders and amplifying them like this is the state we're going backwards like to the 1920s <laughs> And everybody's like, yep. So I, I we got to be strong in our world and make sure that we, we stand our ground on a lot of this stuff. And it sucks, but we have to do it. That's where we're at. Because I, like, I think how many people are seeing these types of tweets out there that it's like the silence of nice people not talking about genocide. You know, like I talk about that 24-7 as an Indigenous person in the settler state of Canada. And now it's happening, an actual genocide. And we're like one of six countries in the world that's voting for genocide and and not acknowledging it as genocide. And, and that's embarrassing to me. So I hope that we all, you know, stand for trans rights, stand for ending gender-based violence, stand stand against racism. Like I hope that's what this book club um, really puts out there, and uh, and that's what our core values are. So that's where I'm coming from. Uh, I also got a mention from Paul. Uh, he is having health issues, so just if you can send some prayers out to him. I don't know if he's going to be joining us unless we find a really good book or a really re good resource on the uh, uh, tar sands, bitumen, um, oil, oil sands, however you want to frame uh, that area. Uh, if you have resources, don't hesitate to send them to me so I can forward them to Paul because that seems to be his uh, big thing that he cares about. But um, you know, obviously Indigenous led would be even better. <laughs> I am seeing a lot of, uh, you know, pro-oil rhetoric coming from our nations up there. And it's it's hard because, you know, Fort Chip is, they don't have proper drinking water and they have extreme health issues and it's not being properly taken care of. And the Alberta government, that's their job. And we all know they, that just doesn't, matter to them at all um i follow a few white settlers who talk about you know gaps in their reporting systems etc it's like we have none so anyway just thinking about paul and uh, trying to make brandy sure morin isn't she doing some reporting michelle mm -hmm. on the tar sands and yeah we'll see i think she's even writing a book or something so if that comes out like obviously we'll have to do that book too all right, folks, thanks so much for coming today. I can't wait to see you next time. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there.